0: Crippled Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey there, guys. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of Disability After Dark. I'm really excited you're here. I'm really excited you want to talk about sex and disability with me, and I'm ready to shine a bright light on it with you. Let's do that right now. So before I record a full episode, I generally have the idea permeating in my brain for a while before I actually put it to the microphone and start talking about it. And I was trying to figure out recently, a couple weeks ago, what it was that I should do next. I try to get a bunch of ideas down and a bunch of things ready so that I can just record a bunch and then not have to worry for a while because truth be told, I'm lazy and don't want to do more work than I have to. So I, I, I was asking people what I should should do, and I was thinking that I wanted to do something on masturbation, because I don't think we often talk about self-pleasure and disability enough, so I asked my audience what they thought we should, you know, I said I said to them, what do you think we should talk about when it comes to masturbation? My Twitter polls said I should tell stories about masturbation and about getting yourself off and all that stuff, which I can totally... We're going to do some of that in this episode. My Facebook, I asked this question. If you were to create a euphemism to describe masturbation plus disability, what might you call it? I'm looking for a title for an upcoming podcast episode and I may just use the best one. I got some really cool responses and I picked a title, but I wanted to share with you guys some of the awesome responses that I got from my listening audience about what I should name the podcast. I got responses like something to do with joystick. I almost called it playing with your joystick, but I, I, that didn't really speak to me because I use the joystick a lot for penis jokes and I wanted something a little, a little different than the typical easy go to joystick thing, but it was a great suggestion still. Uh, I got something like masturbility. I got stuff like disturbation. I got stuff like. Um, there's more that I got. Let me just pull up the Facebook and I'll read it to you. I got stuff like palsy play. I got stuff around rim roll. I got some really interesting combinations of disability and masturbation and, and sex play, which I think is cool. I think it's really cool to play with language like that. And so I really appreciate when people come up with cool ideas. But I got one... That I really, really liked from somebody who you probably heard on the podcast a few weeks ago, a UK-based comedian with CP Ted Churss came up with the one for the title for this podcast. He gave me a few ideas like pulling the spaz stick, and then the one that he the one that he he sent in that I really liked the most was Spunky Spasms. So I loved that. I was like, "That's the one. That's the title of it for sure," because I want because I just thought it was really funny when you, when you orgasm sometimes with CP, you spasm extra hard, and then when you come, sometimes we call it spunk. So I thought that was really like there was just so many levels to play with that on. I was like, "I have to use that one." So I paraphrased it a bit for the purposes of this uh, episode. And so the title that I've chosen is. Spazzy Spunky Sessions. That's the title. Spazzy Spunky Sessions, Masturbation and Disability. If you think you have a really strong name for the podcast that I should have used, tweet me about it at Andrew Gerza on Twitter and use the hashtag DisabilityAfterDark and tell me what title you think I should have chosen because I'll put them up on my Facebook and Twitter and we'll talk about it because I think, again... The language around disability and sexuality and playing with that is important. And who knows, I may use your title for something else. Some titles that I've used in my work to describe masturbation and some of the writing that I've done, I've used Choking the Crippled Chicken, Getting the gimbal Off, and Recalibrating the Joystick. So those are some of the the names that I've used. But I love, again, I love playing with the idea and marrying disability and sexuality. In the way we talk about it, so this this is these are some great starts. But now, I want to talk to you about what I'm going to discuss more in the episode. Masturbation, I feel, is something that, as a disabled person, so many people who are non-disabled take the idea of masturbation and self-pleasure so so for granted, and that pisses me off. That people sometimes I just get annoyed that people can just to think of. Self pleasure and masturbation is something that's so easy to come by. There's a pun in there, I'm sure. I just don't know what it is yet, but there's a pun about easy to come by in there somewhere for sure. Um, I just feel like sometimes as a disabled person it isn't easy to just to just pull your whip your dick out and, and do things. Um, this episode's gonna focus on that. It's also gonna focus on a few of my stories around my experiences with masturbation and how my disability has both helped and hindered those experiences. In an episode a while back, we talked about my youth and what, and what it was like for me coming into my adolescence. This time, I may just share some stories around coming, C-U-M-M-I-N-G, in my adolescence. There are definitely some funny stories to be had. I also want to talk about the process of masturbation. Some of you may be thinking, process? What the fuck do you mean? Can't I just whip out my genitals and and do with them when I want? And some of you are listening and nodding your head going, I fully understand the process you're talking about because I live with a disability too and I totally get it. So we're going to talk about the process of getting ready to jerk off and what what that means for a person with disabilities masturbation may look and feel different for some people with disabilities and I want to talk about not so much the, I, w- I do want to talk about how it looks and feels different for some of us and I will but I, I also want to dig a bit deeper and talk about the emotional response to realizing as a disabled person what's going to happen when you realize that your masturbatory process looks and feels different. What how do you feel about your sexual sexuality when you know it isn't just like everybody else? We're gonna talk about privacy. We're gonna talk about all of what it means to be alone and masturbate, how rare the the privacy to do that is, and so what happens when you have no privacy? How do you navigate that? How do you ask for privacy? How do you can you ask for privacy if you're living with a disability and you need so much help with so many things. Is privacy and masturbation an option for you? Should it be? All that kind of stuff we're going we're gonna to talk about a little bit more. We're also going to look at, in this episode, we're going to look at um, what happens when you lose the limited ability to masturbate yourself. What happens to your sense of self-worth, sensuality, and sexuality? How does your relationship to disability change when these things change? So there is indeed a whole bunch of avenues we're going to explore in this episode, and let's get started right now. I'm really excited. Let's do it. I first want to talk about when I discovered masturbation as a young queer cripple and kind of take you back to when I really figured out how to jerk myself off and what kind of what that discovery was like for me as a young queer disabled person. Now, I took you back a few weeks ago to when I was to when I was 14 and told you kind of my high school experiences and all that stuff. I wanted to go back even further to when I was probably 10 or 11, so back to 1994, 95, 96. Um, And that's kind of when I learned how all this masturbation stuff started. And I I remember discovering this ability, as I think all of us, each and every one of us does, whether we are disabled or not, we discover this ability and it's like the most... For a while it's the most miraculous glorious thing you've ever discovered in your life. You're like, I can make myself feel pleasure. What the fuck is this? This is great. And I remember just loving it and, and being completely enamored with this this newfangled thing that I had figured out to do. And it's funny when you when you when you learn to masturbate, you I think you like it's like the secret that you that only you think you've discovered, meanwhile the whole world's discovered it before you obviously. But for a while, it's like this new thing that no one else has ever done, and it's really exciting that way. And for me, as a young disabled kid, the newness of this thing that I discovered, with my already, you know, penchant for having a really high sex drive, um, it was even newer and even sexier because I was like, I can do this now, this is great. What more do I need in life? This is awesome, I can do this. Um... I remember watching this old video produced in the 80s or 90s called something like, and I'm paraphrasing here, kids ask about sex and having this creepy guy explain ejaculation and masturbation to kids. Looking back on it now, none of us should have ever watched this video, but I totally did. And then, so the guy would explain it to the kids, and the kids then would explain it to the audience in a weird, cool, 90s sort of kid sort of way. I remember this kid with a flat top haircut telling me about my ejaculate when I was like 10 or 11, being like, what the fuck is this? This is so weird. Why am I watching this? It was very strange. I remember thinking how cool it was that we could do this, but immediately I came to the realization that I, me, Andrew, couldn't do it. I didn't mean that I physically couldn't do it, because I had already figured out that I physically could. But every time I thought about it, I kind of felt like, it would be so wrong, and I totally shouldn't do it. Um, and many of us probably thought when we first started masturbating how wrong it was, regardless of our upbringing and regardless of what we were told, I think there's like this, this innate sense of shame that we all get. But I think for a young disabled person who can't take care of themselves, that shame runs a bit deeper. We have a whole other wad of stuff to blow through See what I did there? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But first, let's play some ads. We'll be right back on Disability After Dark. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker-owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hi, my name is Laura Bain, partially blind and partially cool in Halifax, and I listen to Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. This episode of Disability After Dark is a handmade piece of crippled content created just for you. We record, edit, and produce each piece of this show to bring disability to you in a fresh, honest, and sexy way. Help us create more episodes and support crippled content creation by heading over to our Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com slash and pledging if you can. Your monthly pledge goes towards things like audio equipment podcast hosting subscriptions, and everything we need to bring this disability-centered program to you. By pledging your support, you're showing that disability content has value, means something, and deserves a place in our media landscape. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Hey guys, so you've heard the podcast, you've seen the hashtag, and now guess what? You can wear your support for Disability After Dark. I've started a t-shirt campaign with Teespring, teespring.com slash dark means you can buy a purple shirt, the color of the podcast, which is, which goes along with the branding, a purple shirt with the Disability After Dark logo on it. I'm so excited about this. This is really great. This is a great way to show the world you support sexuality and disability and this great podcast. By wearing your support for Disability After Dark, the cost of the shirt right now is twenty nine ninety five, because that way I can support Emily Gillis and Ryan Howe, the amazing illustrator and graphic designer that helped me put the logo for this podcast together. I want to make sure they get their cut. Um, so that's ten bucks for me, ten bucks and ten bucks each for them. That's why it's so high right now. But I'd love for you to support this if you can. Tell your friends and let's get let's wear our support for sex and disability. And we're back. So we're talking about getting off as a gimp. We're talking about recalibrating the joystick. We're talking about sex and disability. Specifically today, we're talking about masturbation. So let's talk more about it right now. Just before the break, I shared that even though I could masturbate physically when I was younger, and I took a lot of pleasure in doing that, definitely there's puns in there, d- everywhere there's puns, I took a lot of pleasure doing that when I was younger. The, the process of masturbation was exciting when you're younger, and it took me a lot of time to figure out how to do that, but when I did figure out how to do that, there was a whole lot of shame around my masturbatory, masturbatory beginnings. Partially because there's just shame generally when you mess yourself, and there's a lot of shame generally when you mess yourself and you're disabled. There's just shame around the idea of coming and not being able to to clean to clean yourself following you know a masturbatory episode can be really. I think traumatic is a disabled kid, not traumatic, because whatever, I, I, to be, I'll be honest with you, you figure out how to sleep within and let it dry and you move on the next morning. But it's it's uncomfortable because there's an idea that you, that if you are going to do that, you have to clean it up right away. Um, and I, when I wasn't able to do that as a young queer kid with disabilities, I, the shame, like I said, it went deeper because I knew that I couldn't take care of that part. I couldn't hide it away like everybody else would do when they're done coming I, I couldn't run from it it was right there on my legs in the morning and drag come and there it was um, and that's something that I don't think many people have to navigate but if you're disabled you certainly do if you're going to masturbate cleanup is something you think about when you're young and you're just learning to masturbate and knowing you can't do that it does it does play a role in how you see masturbation and how you consider self pleasure I started doing it a lot with my thumb and my finger. So how I do it, and I'll be quite frank with you, audience, how I masturbate is I use my thumb, my right-hand thumb, and my my index finger um, to masturbate. And I can, I can get a pretty good rhythm going. I learned that just simple rubbing was was an easy way for me to do it. And so that was how I just figured out the way to do it and I was so proud initially when I figured out how to because again I thought that I couldn't and then what happened is that I, as I got older and started seeing how men in porn did it or other men that I would spend time with as I got even older did it, um, I realized that I couldn't do it that way. The whole, for me as a male identified person with a penis... Um, the whole pumping your cock to make yourself come, which is typically how we see it done in, in sex media and how we see it done when we're with other men or male-identified individuals with penises who um, who, are, who are pleasuring themselves or receiving pleasure from someone else. There's, there's this pumping action that we tend to see as, or I tend, tended to see as a man, that I couldn't, couldn't, I just simply couldn't do it. I didn't have enough, my fine motor skills to to produce that fast pumping motion are not, I can't, it's simply not possible. So, what, to see that be done with, an, with another man, to see that as like the typical way to jack off and knowing that I couldn't do it, there was a lot of, there was a lot of shame in knowing that I, eh, not shame, but it was, it takes you back. It, it makes you sit and think about how different you are when you realize you can't check off like everybody else. Um, and that really kind of struck me. I, I I still, when I see that, that motion in porn of a guy grabbing his dick and just going at it, really in this kind of controlled but sexy motion without having to worry about all the other stuff that comes with it, There is a there is a moment of like, oh, I wish that I could do that. I wish that I was able to to masturbate myself the quote normal way and again I know how ridiculous the term normal is when we talk about sexuality and disability but I'm not going to pretend there isn't a part of me that wishes that I could jack off with the with the intensity and veracity of of somebody with more abilities sometimes and so I would typically do this late at night just before going to bed when I was in bed, I was in bed undressed and somebody had put in, had put me in bed. Typically a family member, my mom or my dad or maybe one of the attendants that I, was, that I had working with us at the time put me to bed. And I was about to go to sleep and it was late at night. And I would lie in bed at night and I would wait for my family to fall asleep. And to know that it was like 1 or 2 in the morning and that I had all this time in the world to be alone, to explore my body. This was a really important time for me when I was... Uh, growing up, um, the whole alone time as a disabled person was just really, really, really key for me. Um, So I would do it late at night alone. Now I know you're you're thinking, Andrew, well, isn't everybody, isn't this how we all discovered how to masturbate, alone by ourselves at night? And you might be thinking, you might think, you might be right about that in some ways, but for me, the darkness was a safe time to do it. I wasn't in my chair and I was alone. Nobody was, was watching after me. It was the time when I could explore. So there's, there's, you know, now that I think about it, there's a connection between disability after dark because even at that young age, I understood that this as a disabled person in some way or another was super, super wrong and I shouldn't be doing it as a disabled person, which is stupid. I don't believe that now. But as a young disabled queer kid, I was like, I'm going to do this because it feels good but there's probably something super wrong about it. And so it's ironic that this podcast is t- titled Disability After Dark because after dark is typically when I would get off. So there's some kernels of, like, memories that brought the podcast all the way around full circle. Yay! Um, yeah. I want to share with you now a story of when I masturbated Um And I, when I was masturbating, I always thought of being fucked by this really, really attractive guy in my high school, and that's typically what got me off. Or sometimes it would just be a wet dream would happen, and I wouldn't even actually, actually masturbate. I would just have a wet dream. But a lot of the time, it was me masturbating to make a point of, like, I'm going to do this. This is my my bodily time. I'm going to masturbate now. But there was one time in the not-so-distant past, it... (laughs) A couple of years ago, actually, when I was at home at my mom's place. Hi, mom, if you're listening. She's a Patreon supporter, so she might be listening. If So I was at my mom's place, and I masturbated because I wanted to. And so um, the next morning, I guess there was some remnants of the masturbatory episode in my pants. And so my mom came over me and said oh my god you have an accident and she was feeling around the pants they were damp and i didn't know what to say i should have just said mom it's it's some cum," but <laughs> it's embarrassing so i didn't but i did feel upset that again like this is what i'm talking about when you're when you're non-disabled you the minute you're done coming you can um you can clean it up right away you can get some get some kleenex get some baby wipes and take care of yourself when you are as disabled as me lying in the dead turtle position with cum all over your leg you can't do that that's just not possible and so the process of come of having a masturbatory episode where everything is okay is is rare because you have to think about all the aftercare and all the stuff that comes afterwards and who's going to find out and what do you say when your mom finds you full of cum and so I I mean, I said nothing I quietly was like um I think I peed stupid I should have just said that I came but I didn't know it was weird it's, but these are these are the things that people with disabilities have to navigate when they're trying to get off these, this is the stuff that we have to think about because it's just the reality of it So for me as a disabled person, the idea of connecting disability, disability, privacy, masturbation, and sexuality together has been important. Um, but it's very rare that I get to to have full privacy to just play with myself. There's no way that I can undress myself. There's no way that I can pull out my dick without it being problematic for everyone because I can't simply put it back. There's no way I just it's there's no way that I can do that. So when I talked earlier about it being a process. To masturbate? It totally is. There's no way that I can get myself into a position that's comfortable for masturbation without asking for help. So there's a whole slew of things one has to do and consider when they just want to touch themselves. Like imagine touching yourself or not being able to touch yourself and having to ask for that permission from somebody to allow you to play with yourself. There's a whole thing that goes on with your brain when that happens and. and You know, recently when I was trying to masturbate, uh, a few, but a year ago, a year ago now, um, there was some. I had some feelings about it, having to ask my care worker, and it was uncomfortable. Um, And so there, it is a process. There's a whole emotional and physical process that goes into simply self pleasure, which I think so many of us take for granted. I think it's important that we also consider what happens when you can't masturbate anymore or when it becomes more difficult to get off the way you were used to doing. When you have a disability, disabilities change. Things, can, things are not static. They are often dynamic when it comes to disabilities, which means they can change at a dime. And for me, that started to happen. I am living with spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy, which means that I have a lot of muscle tightness in my hands, and so my hand, my one dominant hand that I jerked off with, my, my, basically my lover when there was no one else, um, (laughs) it's true, uh, when there was no one else, has gotten tighter with age and with disability and with all these things that occur, when you, as you age with disability, things just, your body starts to get tighter and tighter. With this is what I've noticed with CP, is that my body gets super tight. I feel like there's a pun in there if anybody wants to loosen me up. Let me know. Um, but no, I uh, I get tight with my disability because I'm in my hands and stuff. So um, what I've noticed, what I noticed a few months ago, was that I lost the ability to jerk off the way that I used to with my thumb and my forefinger. Um, or my index finger, rather which I think are the same, our forefinger and index, index figure are the same, can somebody google that and check that for me, because I don't know, um, so anyway, I lost the ability to masturbate the way that I normally would, which, I have to tell you, was frightening, I was uh, in bed, in my, in my place, kind of alone, ready to do the thing by myself, it was late at night, which is my favorite time to get off, I don't know why, but I love getting off late at night, that's my favorite, um, so I was about to do that, and I put my hand down in my, to my genital region where my cock was, ready to do the thing. And all of a sudden, I couldn't do it anymore. The motion hurt. My hand hurt. It was painful. And I thought initially, oh, it's just, a, it's just a, a cramp. It'll go away. Don't worry. Keep trying. So I would keep trying, and I would keep trying, and I would keep trying night after night after night. And I very quickly realized that I just couldn't. It didn't work anymore. It was too hard my hands were too tight, the spasms were too real, it was I could not pleasure myself anymore. Okay, to illustrate this better, I'm going to read a little excerpt from a recent blog that I wrote called, Boys in Chairs, that time I couldn't masturbate by myself anymore. So here's a little piece of that to talk about what was happening to me. I remember when it first happened a while back. I wasn't able to sleep late at night. I was lying in my bed listening to the sounds of, of night envelop me, the ticking of my clock, cars revving their engines, and people coming home from nights out. I could see the bright lights that bathed the city as I stared at my iPhone as it blinked at 3 a.m. The best way to cure this bout of insomnia was to get off, I thought. I typed in my favorite porn site into my phone, and as the scene was starting, I snaked my hand under the covers. I tried to get my thumb in its familiar position so I could start enjoying myself. I immediately noticed a marked difference. My hand wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. The muscle contractors were too strong and I couldn't relax enough to find any, any rhythm or momentum. I was doubly annoyed because I could hear the muted mumble voices of the porn stars enjoying each other in the scene on my phone. I bet that they had no clue how much I wanted to rub one out to them. I was simultaneously angered that I needed, that I hadn't heeded the advice of my physiotherapist when I was younger. I wish I had done those seemingly unimportant finger-strengthening exercises then. That mobility would come in handy now. Pun definitely intended. God damn it! I was determined to keep trying. I contorted my body and hands as best I could, but to no avail. For a split second, I began laughing uncontrollably, thinking, maybe God does punish you for masturbating, or maybe it's just the disabled kids? I then let out a reserved sigh of anger and frustration, which was wrapped in a huge, overwhelming ball of fear and uncertainty that I can't even really describe in words. I rolled over in my bed and forced myself to turn off the porn and try to sleep. The fear churned in my stomach, and I started to cry, angry that this was happening and thinking, what do I do now? Why me? So, while this happened a while back, the issues that I'm having are still persisting, so I still feel that fear a lot of the time and that discomfort a lot of the time is still there. Um, And I'm often wondering, how do I get off? Why does this have to happen to me? Why the fuck do I have to be disabled when I just want to get off like everybody else? There are moments when... That ableism and that internalized ableism really rears its head. And when I couldn't jerk off, it certainly came coming back with a vengeance. Pun, again, definitely intended. Um, and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to um, manage all of that. All those feelings, all that discomfort. I felt like I was losing my my manhood which I know sounds really stupid and sounds really um sounds kind of you know weird but I really did feel like I was losing a sense of my masculinity and because I couldn't do that I wasn't a real man anymore and that's kind of what I'm navigating with right now there's a lot of the feelings that I'm having being unable to to masturbate which is still happening um it's hard because I feel like I'm losing a part of myself that I that I created because I couldn't masturbate the conventional way. So now that I've lost even the unconventional way to masturbate, it does feel very strange. And so even though I'm still sort of grieving the 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 fact that I can't do it the way that I could do it before, I'm now looking for other ways t- to, to get that relief. And so you start thinking about, like I've started to think about asking my friends for help with mutual masturbation, but how exactly do you broach that conversation? Like, Hey, friend, so are you busy today? What are you doing around 3 o'clock? Because I want to get off and I'd love your help. Would you help me with that? Thanks, buddy. Like, that's not... (laughs) I wish that scenario would happen and would be acceptable more in real life, but that's not generally a conversation you have with your friends unless you're fucking your friends, in which case, go ahead. But generally, that's not happening. So how do you find somebody who's willing to, to assist you with that? And I don't necessarily mean a sex worker, which would be fine, but again, there's all the stuff that comes with that, money, time, um, you have to have all, the, there's a whole other issues that come with hiring somebody when all you want to do is get off, and so I'm I'm going through all those emotions again as my disability changes, and I just wanted to share that with you. I want to look at now some resources around what's out there talking about Masturbation and Disability. One of the great resources that I found, it's actually a little bit, it's about 10 years old now. It's a book written by some great individuals. Corey Silverberg of Come As You Are, the original Come As You Are owner. Um, Fran Odette, a disability and inclusion specialist. And Dr. Miriam Kaufman, Kaufman wrote a book called The Ultimate Guide to Sex and Disability for all of us who live with disabilities chronic pain and illness in it. They uh, they g- give some really great tips on masturbation. Um, I have some thoughts on that that I want to share, some of what they propose and why I think they work and why I think they may not work. But you should definitely check out that book because it's a really good primer for people with disabilities. We're going to talk about this book again at some point within the podcast, but I want to just shout out to... To them, the authors, it's a fantastic resource for somebody who wants to start talking about sex and disability. In the chapter entitled, Sex with Ourselves, they talk about what masturbation is and what masturbation isn't, and I want to read some of that now, just the list of what they say. And it's really helped me reframe how I think about masturbation, now that it's changed a little bit for me. So, things to keep in mind about (laughs) masturbation. You don't need to be naked to masturbate. You don't need to have an orgasm to masturbate. Your nerves don't need to work in order to masturbate. You don't need to be able to reach or touch your genitals in order to masturbate. This one is key for me right now because I always believed in my heart, in my heart. That sounds weird, but I always believed that um, masturbation meant touching yourself. And so I'm learning. I'm learning now to reframe that a little bit and to look at masturbation as a whole, um, a whole journey of different things. I don't know if you can quantify journey, but I just did. I'm looking at masturbation as a whole journey of things, uh, that it is rather than just the, the act of touching yourself. I'm looking at it as, uh, as the fantasies, as the, the thoughts and feelings. And I know it's that when I read it in the, in the book initially, it sounded cliche and it sounded totally wrong. And I was like, nope, this is not at all masturbation. But now that I've had to reframe and I'm starting to have to reframe, um, that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, And so looking at it this way and looking at it it, from an abstract sense and a bigger sense than just touching your junk to get off as, as a disabled person is really valuable to me. It's taught me to look at it from a much more intimate space. I did before. I was trying to locate some resources to give to you about masturbating with a disability and the kind of things that I'd like to recommend if you're looking at ways to discuss masturbation, to masturbate, uh, you're having issues with masturbation. I was trying to find good resources and I typed in masturbation and disability and disability and sexual health and I just found the typical usual shit that you see on there which is like, oh, Do you Would somebody jerk you off if you have a disability? Just crap like that. Um, And so I think think there needs to be better resources around disability. I've written a few articles, which I can post on my website and post in the show notes as well. Uh, You can read about my experiences with masturbation and what I think needs to happen. But I think we need to talk more about self-pleasure in the disability community um, and how important it is. And I don't mean so much getting help from somebody I mean more about why self-pleasure and finding different ways to pleasure yourself without the help of somebody is so crucial for the disabled experience. So if anybody wants to to come on the podcast and talk to me about that, pen an article with me, I think we need more of this stuff and I'd like to to be at the helm of it, to be at the head of it, if you will. There's a pun in there somewhere too. Um, So I want to take this task with both hands because I'm just that big. See, that was a pun that I definitely made up and put there for purpose. But let's talk about self-pleasure more, write about it, let's podcast about it together. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on on disability masturbation. This has been the Spazzy Spunk episode. I hope you liked it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, read my blogs, or book me to bring disability to you, head over to www.andrewgirza.com. Also, if you're listening to this in iTunes, please rate and review us so more people can find the show. Copyright notice. This program was created and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crypto Content Creations. Any and all materials, including... Graphics, music, and audio recordings are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.